want to welcome everyone to episode five of Kente Corner. This is the special Bahamas business trip edition. No, we did not go to the Bahamas, but Georgetown certainly did, and they did really well. As always, I'm Bobby Bancroft. Find me on Twitter at Bobby Bancroft. I'm here with Andrew Geiger at Casual Hoya. Um, Andrew, an incredible business trip Georgetown just went on. Um, we are the champions of the Bahamas, the undisputed, undefeated champions of the Bahamas. Should we buy the Bahamas? <laughs> All I know that I'm buying the team that was on the court on the Bahamas. I mean, I, that was pretty impressive. Like, dude, seriously impressive. I mean, we'll get into it in a bit, but wow. Wow. Particularly the third game, without <laughs> knowing who on Texas Tech, I'm going to be honest, I didn't, you know, who on Texas Tech played against the Bahama national team, but there was a little bit of concern, like, okay, you know, you worked your way up, you got this third game. They did, a, you know, a great job against Texas Tech, who obviously had a great run last March into April. Um, Georgetown, no problems, once again. And I, I think in that game and in the first game, I think you saw their starting lineup, which I, is the most likely, is, you know, four guys named themselves, McClung, Akinjo, LeBlanc, you're at seven. And then it's, you know, are you starting Pickett? Or are you starting Mosley? So I think we saw what we're probably going to see to start the season out. Um, but, you know. Yeah, I mean, P P Pickett, Pickett's going to get the starting nod, and he really should. I mean, he, he does look a bit more fluid than he did last year within, uh, within the offense. Um, and he just brings so much more to the table on both ends of the floor than really anyone else, whether it be a Galen Alexander um, or a Terrell Allen who did start um, in the second half of one of the games over Pickett. Um, but that starting five, yeah, like you said, you're seven, LeBlanc, Pickett, and uh, Akinjo and McClung, that's going to be the five that I would suspect starts most games for the entire season, barring some unforeseen in injury. Anyone stand out to you off the bench? And, you know, I think it's going to be, you know, Ewan's deepest team which is good because year three, I think there's a lot of expectations. Um, who was it that, st that for you off, off the bench was like, this is the guy they need? To be honest, everyone stood out to me. <laughs> I was very, okay. very, very surprised at how good everyone looked. Um, I mean, just starting from, with the bigs, I mean, Kudis, uh, I'm going to call him the Deuce, really. So Deuce looked really good. Um, he was out there with really the second unit for, for most games, played a lot of minutes. He's big. He's, he's much bigger than I thought. Um, big presence in the post, has sneaky good footwork, nice touch from the free throw line, cleans up on the boards. I mean, again, it's the Bahamas. They didn't really have many tall players, so to speak. But I thought Deuce looked really good. Um, the other bigs, even, the Malcolm Wilson, I mean, from what I heard in Kenner, he, he was nowhere, he's nowhere close to contributing. But I saw a kid there who had – he, he looked like a good rim protector. He, he definitely had a, yeah. a nose for what, where the ball was. He's athletic too. I mean, he, he can get up. He can, I mean, he gets up high to block shots. And uh, Iggy, the, uh, the African freshman, uh, he was pretty good too. I mean, like, like he had more skill than I thought, sort of like a uh, Moses Ayigba uh, type player uh, when Moses was a freshman. So I was really impressed with the bigs. And those are just the bigs off the bench. You're seven to me is sort of uh, he comes as advertised really he I mean he just runs the floor so much better than than Jesse did um, 
and he's all he's always around the rim, always has a good nose for the ball too, blocking shots, put back dunks, sneaky good touch. Uh really impressed with your seven. Um that's and those are just suddenly I thought one of our weaknesses this year would be the bigs. And now okay. like you said, we're we're deep. I mean with all, all those guys I suspect are gonna be able to spell one another and uh give us good minutes this season. Yeah, I think, you know, obviously last year uh, Ewing ran out a lineup, a starting lineup with two bigs, which I don't think you're going to see this year, particularly because your seven has more post moves. He's not going to hang out in the three-point line like Jesse did, although he can shoot it if needed, but it's not going to be the kind of volume or the accuracy that, that Jesse provided. So I'd, in not having two bigs starting – to have three centers off your bench. I know some of the people that tweeted at us yesterday were wondering, are they going to redshirt any of the freshman bigs, which is a possibility. And you don't have to decide that on opening night or even halfway through the season. If one of the guys isn't playing a lot, you can always request a redshirt later in the year or later in his career. We saw it with Bradley Hayes at Georgetown. That's something that happens. I think, I think Iggy, if that's what we're going with calling him, which I'm all behind, I think he's probably the most likely candidate. I think you're going to see Judas play a lot. I think you saw that in Kenner League, and I think he he sh- he showed it in the Bahamas. And then Wilson just has that ability to get up and down the floor. Is he gonna is he gonna be a contributor on offense right away? Probably not, but he's super athletic, and he can really make you know a name for himself at Georgetown. Clearly at Georgetown by you know blocking shots and rebounding, and I think that that's what. So I think Iggy is the question mark, and that would probably be the guy most likely. Um, you know, if you're probably not going to have four centers, but we'll see. Maybe Ewing's going to do something different. For me, and it kind of goes to the starting lineup of the three-point shooting, and you lose a lot of it with Jesse. I thought Javon Blair really took advantage of an opportunity where Jake and Mosley yeah. unfortunately didn't play. Mm-hmm. I think minutes- yeah, Blair. Blair, I was just just to chime in real quick on Blair. I was, um, <laughs> I mean, I, I think I sort of commented on one of the game threads that you know now that Trey Morning has departed, that the offense has really opened up for Blair. I mean, he's yeah. certainly not afraid to shoot it, um, which is good though. I mean, shooters shoot, right? I mean, that's 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 what they have to do. But he, I, I, I like seeing how confident he was. I mean, he's going to miss his share of shots, but um, he did make them more often than not, and. Uh, we are definitely going to need someone to hit threes this year, especially with Malinowski leaving. Yeah. And Ewing's first year in all of his, you know, all the, all the press conferences, he would focus on Caleb Johnson, how he wanted him to shoot more. He needs the confidence. And you might, we might be seeing that from Blair because there was games last year where Blair didn't play a whole lot and it's a hard role to sit there and then be like, you need to go in and in these five minutes, I need to start making shots. So you know, he needs to be ready from the minute he puts his warm-ups on, and that's a pretty big role to fill. And in today's age of three-point shooting, he's, he's that's going to be a, a big a big spot. I don't know if I don't know if Allen is a three-point shooter. I, you know, he comes with a he he, he um he was very impressive to me too. I mean, you know, he he's not the the flashy type of player who's going to light up the scoreboard or anything like that. But you know, he he knocked down open shots when he had him. Good, more of like a, he's just really good floor general, you know, really made good decisions, good handle, uh, played some good defense. Pretty, he's what I thought. He's kind of 
kind of like a better Mosley maybe for this team um, okay. than, than Mosley is, uh, if that makes sense, in the sense that Terrell can really play the one better than I think Mosley could. Mosley, you know, his handle was questionable. Um, a lot of, not a lot of those games where Georgetown coughed up leads towards when they were under pressure with, with the press. Um, I just remember Mosley throwing the ball to the other team a lot or kicking the ball out of bounds. Um, I, I think Terrell Allen's going to help in that respect. You know, you've got a grad transfer with experience uh, who can handle the ball in late game situations. Yeah, which which will be will be interesting because you know you know McClung and Akinjo are going to play a ton. That's just a fact. They deserve to play. Yeah. They're going to they're going to play. I'm not suggesting they shouldn't. So then you got if you're if you have the three guards off the bench. That's where you start to think, well, Ewing clearly likes Mosley. He was in a lot of the late games last year. He started at the end. You don't get mm-hmm. a fifth transfer in Allen to come over here and not play. So then right. you kind of and you say, wow, okay, Blair, you need to make the most. And that, that's why I thought his performance down there, you know, whether whether he's feeling it or not, like it's a, I think it's a big deal for him because the minutes are, you know, are going to be scarce and he needs to, and he needs to play and he Yeah, is. and, and- – and don't sleep on Myron Gardner. I mean, this kid, he, for, for you'd think he was like a third-year player already. I mean, he, he's a bit raw. He's, he's got the he, body. He, he, he looks so much like Jabril did when Jabril was a freshman. You know, he a, a, attacks the rim, great defense on the perimeter, ha, doesn't really make many mistakes. You know, nice – he knocked down some outside shots. I really like Gardner. He to me yeah. he 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 was a big coup on the recruiting trail, you know, kind of a late late in the game pickup. Like, oh, what is this kid? He had some nice highlights, you know, clearly athletic, uh, but he was very impressive to me. Yeah, I think I guess I'm kind of penciling Alexander and Gardner in for yeah. both Pickett and LeBlanc. Um, mm-hmm. Not necessarily, you know, the inside presence of LeBlanc. But that's who I kind of feel like. That's why I didn't really include them in the in the guard conversation, just because I think that they're going to yeah. do more of that. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think Gardner he's probably like what six five, so he's he could probably play the two or the three. Right. Um, Galen Alexander, again, it's the Bahamas, but he looked good too. He kind of has a uh, a mean streak in him. I mean, he was definitely he committed some hard fouls against some of those. Uh, Bahamas kids, uh, which you like to see, uh, but he's man, he's he's tough too. I, it, all good, man. And and back to one thing you mentioned about the bigs, there were some lineups that Ewing had out there that kind of had some twin tower action, where your seven would be out there with Deuce. Um, you know, Wilson was out there with uh, with Iggy. Like it was, <laughs> it was interesting to see. And I, maybe Ewing has that in mind too for. Uh, for some combination of, of two centers um, on the floor at, at, at some points. Yeah, I don't think we're going to see a lot of that because none of them can, I mean, you know, like I said, last year you had, I mean, Morning, I don't know if he was a great shooter, but he definitely had no problem taking <laughs> shots. Yeah, and, I, call, I call him a volume shooter. Okay, a volume <laughs> shooter. Um, but, I mean, you know, he was able to stretch the floor and he, you know, he did take threes. I don't see... Any of the bigs outside of uh, your seven taking threes for yeah. this team, yeah. nor do I think anyone wants them, including Ewing. So, 
Yeah, and and I don't, I don't see be. LeBlanc. I don't see LeBlanc taking many threes either. In fact, I, I don't really recall many shots that he even attempted outside of the outside of the post area. Um, Which is totally Bahamas. fine. It's totally totally fine. Um, I mean, he was all over the rim. I mean, he he was dunking all over the place, all over the glass. Uh, he he's looks to be just like he was last year, but make ready to make that expected leap uh, as a sophomore. Yeah, so pretty good trip. It's pretty amazing that I know it is 2019, but pretty amazing that these games were available for us to watch. I think I don't know if the credit goes towards the Big East, Georgetown, to both, to whatever their TV deal is with FS1 and how that works with Flow Sports. I will just say unbelievable that they were available to watch. And I know that everyone, you know, a lot of people got to watch them, whether they signed up for Flow or maybe there was some possible, I saw people talking about a, Backdoor option, um, but you know. sorry, you mentioned the word. You mentioned the word backdoor, and I just got the, the chills. I yeah, why, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, the Flow Sports deal uh, combined with Georgetown's social media presence down there, which I thought was really good. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Flow Sports did a great job. I, I thought the the sh- the streaming action, which normally you you would just expect based on past experience with those things to be very jittery uh, was smooth for, for the most part, the announcers were, I thought pretty knowledgeable as to our entire team, really. Um, You know, there were some times when they would confuse numbers and and of the players and what have you. And that made sense. It was the first time that we had seen them too. Um, But I was impressed with uh, the level of the play by play calling as well as the, the streaming service. Okay, so you didn't get you didn't get to see Kenner League. You had to rely on whatever I said and just sort of believe it. Um, yeah. Who was your from seeing the guys for the first time? Who was your newcomer of the Bahama business trip? The on, the kids that I like to see. Who uh, well, to me, the most impressive ones of the kind of of the newcomers. I really like Gardner because I didn't expect much of him, and I think he's going to be a big contributor during his career at Georgetown. As far as impact on this year's squad, I think Galen Alexander will probably have the most impact just because he's going to play the biggest role. Um, but Deuce is going to play a lot of minutes. I mean, I I, I didn't think he was. I, I thought that he was kind of like a raw, not as raw as Malcolm Wilson, but yeah. it seems to me that he is being pegged for a lot of minutes. And uh, so between Deuce and Galen Alexander, I would say uh, they impressed me the most just because it's clear that Ewing likes them. Um, and I liked what they did when they were out there. So basically pretty good job by Ewing late in the recruiting uh, end of things at the end of the 2019 cycle to get some impact players. Yeah. And because Pickett, you can't, I can't really trust Pickett. I mean, as much as, as much as I like him, when when he when he's on and and engaged, he's really a productive player. Uh, but as we've seen so far, it doesn't really happen all the time. So to get a kid like Alexander, and then also a kid like Gardner, um, who can spell Pickett when need be, um, those are two big additions, and I think will pay off this season. Also, you know, we didn't even discuss Akinjo or McClung, which is. <laughs> Pretty remarkable, considering uh, 
um, arguably the best backcourt in the conference. Uh, but just a couple quick hits on those guys. Um, Akinjo, I mean, he, he completely controlled the tempo whenever he had the ball. I mean, he was in control of the entire offense, made a lot of great decisions, um, even finished a bit better. His stroke from outside looks m- much more fluid, um, and he looks a bit bigger too. Uh, whenever, like, Georgetown would get into sort of a lull on offense, when he was out of the game, Akinjo would come back, and all of a sudden the lead would balloon, you know, once again. I mean, he he looks ready. Uh, McClung, uh, he, he simply, he, he's fast. Man. I mean, he can get any shot he wants on the floor. I mean, he can just get to any position on the floor. He's breaking down defenses, getting to the rim, almost at will. In the third game against the Bahamas national team, I don't think he even scored until late in the third quarter or something like that. But yeah. it didn't really matter. I mean, he was still impacting the game, uh, and then he kind of took over down the stretch. I was kind of wondering why Ewing had McClung and Akinjo both in the game when we were like up by 30 with three minutes left. Um, but thankfully nothing bad happened. Yes, which is another great thing that nothing bad did happen down there. Obviously, we would have liked to have seen Mosley play, but he's carrying some sort of injury and, you know, it didn't get to didn't, didn't get to play. I think the reason that we didn't really talk about McClung and Akinjo is because that's the expectation that those are your guys. So when you yeah. try and figure out what else you have, like we assume that's, you know, an all Big East type backcourt possibility. So, you know, sometimes you get overlooked when you're when the expectations are so high. And it's like, well, what else, what else does Georgetown have to work with here? I think that, you know, you, you bring back the big East rookie of the year in, in Akinjo and Georgetown is in a great spot, probably the best spot they've been in point guard. And <laughs> I'm not sure I can count that far. So it's great to have a guy like him. And then you got McClung who obviously your eye is just sort of drawn to him. Just like the ball is drawn to him. I know Andy Katz had him in his, you know, now, now now that there's no Zion, you're sort of up in the air for who's the most interesting player in the country. And I'm not saying McClung is, but he's in the mix. And I know he had him in his top 21. He had a, I think it was an article out yesterday, and deservedly mm-hmm. so. Um, there are obviously other things he could shore up. You know, his defense could improve. You'd like to see him not be as streaky of a shooter. Um, right. He can obviously make shots from anywhere, but it seems like they come in bunches and then they go away in bunches. So, obviously... That's something that would, that would be great if he He also looked like a, an improved passer to me. I mean, a lot of these games were blowouts as soon as the second quarter started, so he was looking to distribute yeah. more than shoot. But a lot of the passes he made were, were pretty impressive. Uh, yeah, so if he can start impacting the game in more ways than just being a, a scorer, that's obviously going to be a plus. And one more thing, just back to the bigs. Again, not not a lot of the opponents were, were tall kids by any stretch, but – we didn't really give up many good looks down low. I mean, your seven blocked a lot of shots. LeBlanc blocked a lot of shots. Uh, Deuce, Iggy, Malcolm Wilson blocked a lot of shots. I mean, that's, you know, we didn't have last year, a lot of blocked shots. Um, so, you know, if we can beef up presence down low and then get some contributions on the perimeter, you know, from Blair uh, and improve the Kinjo, McClung, Galen Alexander, whoever it may be, Terrell Allen, um, it's going to be an interesting uh, facet to the to the team that we haven't seen recently. So I want to go over three non-basketball observations I had from afar and just get your get your take on them. Number one, mm-hmm. 
Jonathan Wallace was with the team still. I know that there was yeah. talk of him leaving. So either either he got a Bahamas trip in before he's going to the NBA front office, or he's still sticking around. Your thoughts? Uh, I, I, I nothing to add right there. I mean, I think it was uh, our buddy Vegas Ben who mentioned that Wallace was going to the NBA, and that this yeah. still might happen. And I, I hope it does for 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 his growth and you know future. Um, not sure what impact it really has on the team, um, his, his being there, but he certainly, you know, he's been through final four. He's has experience. He, yeah. I, I'm happy that he's still with the team. Uh, but obviously if he gets a better gig, then, um, you know, more power to him. In one of the pictures I saw Kirby had probably the most magnificent blue. I know they're in the Bahamas, but it was like a Hawaiian shirt. I don't know if you saw it. Um, I think it was on the Georgetown account. What's that? Uh-huh. I didn't, unfortunately. I'm, I'm regretting it now. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, if they're going to make those, there's, I'm, I'd be willing to pay a decent amount of money for those. So that was, that you know, that was something that pretty, pretty jealous about. There was a time where they did make a Georgetown Hawaiian shirt, but it was really gray. I wasn't really into it. Um, this one is, I think, a must-have. So hopefully that'll be floating around there. I even like the uh, like the white T-shirts that the team was wearing on the bench. Um, it seems like the program's had a, a wide variety of shirts that the players have worn, um, whether it be during tournaments or, or what have you, that for some reason those are not made available to the fans, uh, that the fans have been like, oh, I really want that, and then you just you never see them again. Um, oh, yeah, there was, the, uh, yeah. there was the, the 1984 John Thompson Jr. shirt, I think. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Um, yeah, among others. I mean, who knows? Maybe now that we actually have, like, a social media account that it's good, maybe we'll get some, some gear. Who knows? Guys, the limit. That would be pretty sweet. And then last, and I know I, I took some heat on this on Twitter. Here we go. Here we go. They went with their title blues entire the entire tournament or you know, trip, which I'm totally in favor of. Where, do yeah. you, where, does, where does Mr. Casual Hoy stand? I like the title blue, the, the, the retro throwback ones. I like those. What I don't like are those teal turquoise monstrosity things um, that we tend, we wore a lot last year. You know what I'm talking about? So not the throwback ones that have the like aqua. the awesome. Aqua. Yeah. Right. The ones that we wore in the Bahamas, I'm totally fine with. You know, the ones that have okay. the cool, like the, the GU on the, on the shorts, you know, those harken back to the eighties. I'm good with, but those other ones, Hopefully we never see those again. And I still think that we really, Georgetown should really only have two uniforms. If you want to use these uh, title blues on occasion, that's fine. But the home grays and the road navy blue slash black is really all we need. I wouldn't disagree with that, although there are multiple versions of the gray. They've got the throwback gray. I just don't like the white and the black. I know everyone has their Georgetown preference. A lot of people don't like that. I like the blue, you know, the title blue, but I'm anti-black and white. Boy, the, the the whites are terrible, no doubt. Um, the the blacks that I'm referring to are really the the blacks and the navy blues that I'm referring to are really the Iverson era ones with the uh, with the Kenty on them. That had um, it was just, the script was different a little bit, uh, but I do like yeah. the blacks. I think it kind of gives you a nice little edge. Um, and uh, But the throwback grays, I think, should be the permanent home ones. I don't know why they mess around with that at all. Yes, 100% agree. 
Okay, well, I think we should wrap up episode five of Kente Corner again. Oh, one other thing. So, so you're yeah. saying Kente. I'm saying Kenti. Someone pointed out to me, like, what's the correct pronunciation? I say we roll with both. I don't think you can go wrong when you're talking about Kenti or Kente. I've always thought it was Kente. I guess maybe I could get a clarification from Georgetown. I think you're probably right, and I'm pretty sure we'll never get a clarification from Georgetown. I don't know. You'd, I think you'd be uh, surprised. <laughs> <laughs> Who would you reach out to at Georgetown for that one? I can't divulge my sources on uh, this <laughs> some wildly listened to uh, podcast. We we got we got some listens from the Bahamas. We're still getting our nice. fans from Taiwan and Iceland. Good Far East, welcome. But yeah, so this is episode five of Kente Corner. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can like us on iTunes. You can go to Spotify. Google Play, all those cool places. We'll have a link on Twitter. Hope to see you next time. Sounds good. Peace.